Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. Hi, I'm joined today by Adrian Knight. Adrian heads up Knight Franchises and he is an absolutely exceptional businessman. I'm really delighted to have him on the show and it's the first person in franchises to have joined me. He's got an amazing outlook and his half dozen things are fantastic. He's the guy to go to if you're looking to exit your business or if you're interested in franchising, he can help with that too. So do listen in, enjoy the session and if you like it, share it with your friends. We want to grow the audience. But thank you, Adrian, for joining me. Enjoy the show. I'm joined today by Adrian Knight from Knight Franchises, and I'm absolutely delighted to have you on here. We've been chatting for probably thick end of six months, I think, trying to line up the podcast. And uh, I was introduced to you by a mutual friend, Stuart Lee from Atlas Mapping. And uh, obviously, it's been fantastic getting to know you and watch your work as well, Adrian. Are you able to just introduce yourself for the listeners, if that's okay? Yeah, absolutely, Pete. And first of all, just to say, you know, it's really good to, to finally be doing this. Those six months have loan by um but yeah so my name's uh adrian knight uh i run a, a franchise group called knight franchise group uh we specialize in white collar franchising so the type of uh franchisors what well, the type of franchises that are probably more appealing to those particularly coming from a corporate background and are looking for their looking for the next step um we have two businesses, Knight Franchises, which helps corporate professionals make that transition uh, out of, of corporate environments into franchising. And the second one is a 31-year-old uh, a franchise called CMC Business Advisors that works with uh, SMEs, helping them to grow their business and then to eventually one day to prepare them for sale and physically sell them. Awesome. Awesome. And so you've got a broad range of, um, of expertise, Adrian, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's been fan- sort of fantastic to get you on the, on the podcast, to be fair. So um, really looking forward to hearing Adrian's half dozen things. So his six things are having a vision, persistence, build the right team, think big, self-growth and family, which are all amazing half dozen things. So I'm really looking forward to cover those off. Just quickly, Adrian, how's, how's like lockdown been? How's COVID been for you? Have you had to adapt or has business been strong? I suppose like now's quite a good time for corporate white collar, maybe getting made redundant, looking at starting their own business. Has that, has that actually sort of proved, proved well for you, Adrian? 
Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, from a business perspective, I think we've been extremely fortunate, but certainly wouldn't wish these circumstances on to, to anyone. But the real the real premise with Night Franchises is helping people to explore you know, a career opportunities outside of their traditional, well-trodden sort of corporate paths. And unfortunately, with the circumstances, there has, um, you know, been a just unbelievable amount of redundancies i mean it's eye-watering really um so a lot of people who like the idea of maybe starting a business in a more structured environment um but never really had was in that position where they could pursue it further and now finding themselves you know that the hand's been forced and so they are looking at new opportunities and i think if anything pete this situation has shown that you know, security is in a way a bit of an illusion with these big corporate roles uh, and when the going gets tough you know when jobs are being cut i mean it's it's yeah that security quickly evaporates but business ownership of course you know really gives a lot more uh, sort of in, in, you've got more control over your destiny so and no franchises we've been extraordinarily busy uh, equally with uh, cmc business advisors it's been fascinating to watch um so when lockdown first hit, uh, sort of mid-March last year, there was a noticeable drop. There was a huge fear factor, so much unknown. Um, but really from sort of July onwards, our advisors have never been busier. Um, they are just so busy at the moment. And it makes a lot of sense because small businesses in particular need help now more than ever. Um, so, yeah, it's been keeping us busy on, on both sides. It's just a shame the business is not coming from more, you know, sort of better circumstances, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's we, we've got to be careful, uh, sort of how how we frame, I suppose, how how things are going because some people are are genuinely struggling, and yes. um, that's um, it's, it's. I suppose it's all part of the service that let us try and solve that problem. I suppose, or let us try and help with that challenge as best we can, um, and to to create a positive outcome. I loved what you said there, just picking up on what you said there around security and it just being a little bit. Um, it not really being a thing and people re- not realizing um i was brought up uh my, my dad my dad was a policeman uh for 30 years you know and this lifetime career thing that you know i was i was brought up the work hard devote yourself to a career you know um and uh, and things will work out well for you in reality it's it's you know, there's no such thing anymore. And um, franchising is such a good good opportunity for people to to sort of look to explore and create their own control. Interestingly, um, when we first spoke, I spoke I'd, I'd not long since interviewed Neville Wright, and um, he he yeah. did he did fantastically well with Kitty Care, and um, it really 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 resonated with me how how he spoke about security because he's he's obviously built quite an abundant wealth, and uh, he, he he said to me security is just a figment of our imagination he goes it doesn't really exist it only exists in your head and it's about whether you have the belief to create your own security or whether you don't and uh i thought that was the weight of what he said sort of really really bore down for someone of that that sort of stature to to have said that and i think you're absolutely right that certainly security of corporate role is is gone 100 percent it's interesting because it's actually been going for quite some time and we've been beating this drum for, for, for years. I mean, my franchise has been going for nearly seven years now. And right from the beginning, it's like, you know, security is uh, a bit of an illusion. And certainly over the last you know, 10 to 15 years, Pete, with sort of um, uh, the internet and outsourcing, there's been this mass uh, uh, 
you know, these, these jobs, particularly at this, the higher level, like six figure salaries that are being replaced, they're being outsourced and they're not coming back. And so you, we've been seeing for quite a long time, this amazing people, incredible experience, but all of a sudden being pushed out the door and yeah, where it's gone. And unfortunately, the, these present circumstances have accelerated that on a much wider, wider scale. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll get cracking with your half dozen things, if that's okay, Adrian. So the first one's around having a vision. Uh, so what, what, why is having a vision important? What is your vision, Adrian? Um, and and what, what would you like to uh, achieve with that? I think having a vision, uh, I mean, obviously, it's, it's spoken about a lot, but it really is, it really is key. It gives you that, uh, that frame of reference. So why you're doing what you're doing, um, when that vision is clear, it actually makes decision making really, really much easier. Um, and I found, found myself in many situations over the years with sort of basically boiling down to a sort of a basic question, does this align with where I want to go? But it, that question assumes you know where you want to go. So having that vision is key. Um, for me, my vision, I've always been you know, very entrepreneurial, but when I discovered franchising, I knew this was it for me. I knew this was not just, you know, something for the next few years. This was uh, not even my career. Like, this was just who I was. Like, I really identify with it so strongly. And for me, when I observed the franchise industry, I really understood that actually one of the biggest problems in franchising is, uh, from a franchise perspective, is actually connecting uh, or attracting high-quality franchisees who are you know driven and they want to go and set up their own business but don't necessarily want the risk of going by themselves and so i decided to dedicate myself to really cracking that nut you know how do you attract people uh to uh you know high quality franchises and actually make it so it's truly win-win and i spent the best part of five years uh sort of working that day in day out uh, day out by myself um in like in a, in a spare bedroom um, but that vision was always there for me that actually this was just the first stepping stone because once we had, um, once we'd really cracked that and not even done it, you know, made more of a science of it and an art more than anything else, then the next step in that vision was to start, you know, having our own brands, our own franchise brands that we could then attract the right type of people in and ultimately build, you know, a very um, uh, high impact business. So there's genuine value being created at every stage, starting with the end customer, then with the franchise owner, and then with ourselves. And that's the premise of franchising. You get that right and, and magic happens. And it's only when you look at brands like Donald's and Domino's Pizza, where they have actually really done a fantastic job at that, where you see, you know, you see it all come to life. So my vision from day one, literally day one, has been to build out a wider group starting with the the recruitment aspect and then branching out from there yeah amazing but that, and it's only sort of seven years that you've been you've been working on on this you've now got the two businesses and what what's your team look like at the minute adrian and and how many people have you got in the business yes we've got 12 people in the business um we've got a, a very strong group operations director who oversees all of the ops um person I've known for 15 years so there's a high degree of trust and mutual respect there um, we quite often are at loggerheads 
you know, over points, but that's where the value is. Like, in, and I, I say that in a really positive sort of, you know, we're all trying to laugh about it, uh, but that's where the value is. So uh, he is fantastic at uh, bringing everything together um, and making the trains run on time, essentially. Uh, in, within Knight franchises, we have eight people, I believe. We're currently recruiting for, um, for a couple more on the lead generation side so it's a team of consultants again fantastic people really great uh franchise manager there um who's been with me from quite early days and sort of uh some training up and of course we have sort of finance and marketing as well um sure. which are all sort of key areas covering all the, the key bases sure yeah so uh, vision obviously is vitally important particularly when you've got so many people to to ensure that that's distilled through them as well particularly when a lot of them will be dealing with the business owners on your behalf um or, or key decision makers on your behalf that actually they they really follow your vision of how things are going to be done i um i, I recently realized that um essentially if I don't distill my vision through the people that I employ, I haven't got a team as big as you, you know, there's only five of us, but if, if they don't understand my vision, how, what differentiates me from the next business that does the same thing as I do, the, the key thing is the vision and the values and the way in which we do it. And it's so important as a, as a successful business owner or, or to become a successful business owner is to be able to distill that um, through through to your people. So they really do actually understand it, not just perceive it or you perceive that they understand it. It's actually that they genuinely understand it. Well, this this was this is sort of touching on my, on my third point. I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun there. Sure. but it ties in so directly with this are you, ha- yeah. are you happy for me to let, no let's up? go let's go straight this, this go straight in so we'll skip two we'll come back to that let's go straight into three which is build the right team right yeah and this has been my biggest um i suppose the biggest sort of awakening around all of this is that the team of people that have surrounded us those 12 people are in head office and then of course we have our network of franchisees as well who are sort of face-to-face with the end customers, but the the team in the head office in particular, what has blown me away was how they have taken on this vision as if it was their own. And I've never asked them to, I've never asked them to come to work with passion or to go above and beyond, you know, what is expected to them, but they do, they're doing that day in, day out. And they are clearly so passionate, not just about the business, but about why we're doing it. And I started to, I suppose, really acknowledge the probably the key role that any founder in particular has to play is having that clarity of vision, really understanding where you're going, but more importantly, why you're going there, and then consistently communicating that to the right people. And if you get the right people on the team, that's when the magic truly starts to happen. And that sort of building the right team, it, you know, what we've done with CMC I acquired CMC and for the first year of ownership, I spent that year just purely getting the right people in the right seats and talking about what we were doing and why. And now all of a sudden, some wheels have started to turn and they are just taking this and running with it as if they're his own, that it's their own. But that takes a certain type of person to be able to you know, have that. Some people just don't like operating that way. So surrounding yourself with those people is everything, in my opinion. 
Of course, I, I, I assume we've um, said so that there's sort of two facets there. Sort of when I look at your business in particular, you've got picking the right people from a from a franchise or uh, e point of view and and supporting those, but also from your your own team as well. And um, I, I guess it's sort of the, the the straightforward question to ask is how how do you find that? How do you how do you go about seeing that in people? Because it's it's very tricky, and certainly from my experience, both as a business owner, but also when I was employed in in corporate world as well. There's people out there who interview really well, but when the rubber hits the road, they're not potentially the right fit. How how have you found that yourself, Adrian? Yeah, I mean it's it's a great question, Pete. The you know I interview people very differently uh, because for that very reason. So when I uh, when I sit down with an interview with someone, I very often have them walk me through like their career, literally from higher or education, from their last sort of educational role to how they've arrived to where they are today. And they tend to be talking for you know, 30, maybe even 40 minutes walking through. And it's fascinating because you really get insights into someone um, and what their drivers are. And of course, you sort of, sort of certain areas by asking questions but you know, 90% of that conversation is all them and I don't even mention what you know who we are what we're doing at this stage I, I just want to find out and something you said there was I think hit the nail on the head it's sort of looking in like into people and seeing not so much to who they are or what they can do but who they want to become and, and what they can do and backing that uh, and that's sort of I suppose been uh, sort of my key to finding those right people and then when you get those people when they join the team you you give a very clear mandate this is what we want and you get out of their way and they they will surprise you in so many ways it's it's phenomenal yeah that's such such great advice there adrian like that whole it's not just about who they are to where they've got to which is often what we advertise in a role around experience and this, that, and the other. It's so much about what is the potential, what is what is where they want to be, and does it align with our vision? And and to, to the way they go about what they've done previously align with the values. And I suppose if you if you start to sort of live by that, then then you can't go wrong. I think often um, that, that there's kind of a gut thing as well, right? And I know mm. I know sometimes there's we we need to talk about science and arts and 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 what have you like like you said before, but Sometimes it's just like a, a, a gut instinct. It was interesting. An old an old boss of mine, he had like this built-in bullshit detector that he could just sense on anyone at all. Even I'd, I was one of his general managers and I'd sit in on interviews with him and he'd just be able to, I don't know, just be able to read people through the experiences that he's had as, a, as, as an employer, I suppose, that it just builds over time. But I've beaten myself up in the past, like having made bad hires, uh, you know, I've made bad hires in the past in, in in various instances because people have interviewed well, and I I know I have this tendency to, um, I believe people can do more than than like, I believe I see the best in people, and I I, mm. I because I want people to do well, I I see that in them, but I suppose recognizing that trait in myself over time, I've become been able to use that from a scientific point of view when I do speak to people that I recognize how I view that and my view on it and just make sure that I don't over over exaggerate potentially what their what their potential is because I like to see the best in people I suppose and that, that I've had my fingers burnt in that sense so um, have, have you made any sort of really obviously you're not going to say any names but have you had any horrors previously and how have you managed that 
Yeah, no, definitely. No, I mean, we had one recently. Don't get me wrong. This is not, you know, this is not 100% hit rate in any shape or form. Um, I think as a leader, you have to be very quick to recognise if someone is is right for right for you, but equally, are you right for them? And we've had this scenario quite recently. Uh, you know, a young lady who, who worked with us, lovely lady, really lovely lady, superb skills as well. And she had such such a great start to the business. But then all of a sudden, about three or four months down the line, we kept getting these issues with her. And she was coming, what she was bringing to us was just, it was an issue and it shouldn't have been. And it... It almost, you know, my, my ops director and myself took a, step, took a step back and was like, what's actually happened here? And we sort of recognised that actually those signs were showing from very early days, like within weeks of her coming on board. But because we, you know, we, 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 we want to be and hope we are good employers, you know, you try to sort of compromise and, and meet that. But what it actually came down to was a misalignment between what we were and what she wanted and equally what we wanted and what you know there's a misalignment there and so you can never get it right I think the key is just understanding quickly whether it's right and if it's not then don't forget you're doing them much as them staying in the business you're doing them of the service as you are yourself so it's having really frank and honest conversations with with staff on, on that level um and doing you know doing doing what's right really yeah, no, fantastic, Adrian. That's absolutely right. And I think I, I, one of the things I do is if I, if I fuck something up, I sometimes give myself a little bit of grief, and particularly if I've made a bad decision on, on things. But you are right. I think it's having that understanding that 100%, 100% hit rate is never going to happen. Um, and and, and people, people are going to slip through because you do only get this brief window of opportunity to make a decision on them. Um, it, it's reminded me, so Jeff Bezos has been in the news this week, hasn't yes. he? Because he stepped down as Amazon. So this will sadly probably date the episode as time goes on. Um, <laughs> but um, Jeff Bezos has been in the news. And I, I absolutely, absolutely love this quote from him because one of the things... I sometimes beat myself up as procrastinating because when something I feel or perceive as a big decision, I want to make sure I get it right. And um, the way he framed it or he's quoted to have framed it was absolutely incredible, which is there's two types of decisions. One is a revolving door. And it means that you can make it quickly, but you can unmake it quickly as well. You've got two options. And he said, those decisions you make quickly. He goes, but some are fire, like fire exits. They're one way only. So you push the door and you go out and there's no going back. And he said, they're the ones that you take your time over. And I was like, boom, I really like that. I thought right, that was fantastic yeah. from Jeff Bezos. So, yeah. Okay. So the second, well, the second area, which is actually the third area we were going to discuss was persistence. So are you able to just sort of elaborate on that for me, please, Adrian? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, again, I think he's actually understated and undershouted about in a lot of uh, sort of interviews and success stories. Like, of course it comes up, but... I think the reality is that success is not a straightward, you know, straight journey. Um, uh, is constantly being knocked back. It's constantly uh, having challenges. Um, when, once I got to a place mentally, when I understood that we were always going to have problems, that, that we were always going to have problems, and we do to this day. You know, we always have problems, and you, you solve one, and another one comes up. Once you accept that reality then you can actually really start to make progress. And um, it's having that persistence to just keep going. Like something coming along and knocking you off your feet doesn't mean 
it's the end of the journey. It just means you need to go get back up and either try again or go a different way or reflect on why that happened and, and do that. But if you don't have the persistence, then you know it's 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 all over basically. So um yeah, it's just that gritty, unsexy going to keep going with this but equally recognizing when it's time to stop and go a different direction so yeah i i think i think i think you you've hit the nail on the head with with the persistence and um it when you were talking then it resonated with a with a with a previous conversation i've had which was around um every time you there are guaranteed to be like these stumbling blocks that you come across but every i was told that every time you sort of hit that that stumbling block and you go over it, that's potentially a stumbling block that one of your competitors or someone else has fallen at. And you're, yeah. you're just earning the right to go that next stage. And um, I think I think from a framing of mind point of view, you're 100%, 100% right. That actually, it's just about accepting there's going to be challenges every day without fail. Something's going to challenge you. And it's almost about getting the mindset right to um go i can deal with this you know we'll, we'll deal with this with you know we've got 100 percent success rate at dealing with shit challenges so let's let's deal with it get through it i think it is all about the mindset i mean i've 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 been sort of working with our with our with our team on this like individual members when some problem happens or the shit hits the fan like the first thing to say is right great this is another one for the books and we find looking back that actually they are they they bring the biggest smiles the biggest laughs i had one a couple of weeks ago with the the md of cmc and and like the shit really hit the fan and and blimey and then i was like right well you know another one for the books how are we gonna you know how are we gonna get through this and we look back even now a couple of weeks later and we laugh at it thinking yep that's another one another one to sort of talk about and it's turning those situations on the head and um certainly from my earlier career experiences i sort of recognize that looking back they're the ones you remember and the ones you sort of you smile at the warmest thinking yeah that was that was uh challenging but we got through that and i learned from that yeah 100 it, it's sort of it's where it's where that sort of resolve is forged isn't it of like i'm not i'm not having this i'm just going to get over it and we're going to fix it or what have you and actually i think i think this kind of leads really nicely into your fifth area so we'll skip four again and we kind of lead on to the fifth area which is self-growth because i suppose the element of mindset and persistence and making sure that you can overcome these challenges that that's all part of that that sort of self-development um and uh sort of what, why is it for you this sort of, that self-growth is so important, Adrian? Well, really, your business is limited by yourself. You will always be the biggest bottleneck in your business, particularly at the SME level, um, where you don't tend to have management teams. So anything sub five million turnover, you are going to be a, an integral part. And it's recognising that the growth of your business will always be limited by that. So certainly breaking that five million turnover um, it, you know, you have to grow, you have to develop, you have to to open your mind, you open open your mind to that. But also, I think that's where a lot of joy in life comes from, is is that that developing and being better than you were. Um, the the phrase I can't, it's, it's not my phrase. I don't know who said it, but I always sort of think to myself, particularly when those problems come, um, don't wish things were easier wish wish that you were better and i love it 
because it makes me get up earlier. It makes me work a little bit longer, a little bit harder, um, have that extra phone call or do something. And, and uh, yeah, you sort of, you notice those improvements and that encourages you and spurs you on to improve more and to keep, to keep going. Yeah, I, I love that. And actually that was just what was resonating with me is about not wishing it was easier, like wishing you were better. I think that's, um, it's, it's just a vital mindset thing, which I see so many because I speak, you know, like yourself and I, I speak to other business owners who, who um, I think success is kind of a um, subjective term, isn't it? Because it's different mm. for different people, but people who um, are putting themselves out there and, and employing people and trying to build a business and trying to follow a vision and trying to achieve positive outcomes for themselves. So um, I, I see all that as, as elements of success and, and, and certainly um, other people should too. However, um, oh, where was I going with that? That was um, around uh, self-growth. Oh, and um, I think that it's so vital. Oh, it's gone. Adrian, it's gone. What am, I, what am I saying? I've just literally lost it. What What did you say a minute ago before I started waffling? I'm not going to cut this, by the way, because I no, just think it's no, no, I'm not going to cut it. What was it you really finished really. saying? It was about not wishing you were better, not wishing you were... Not wishing things were easier, but, but don't wish things were easier. Wish you were better. Yeah. And that, right, and that, right, this is exactly it, right? And I know where I was going now. It was, <laughs> see, we all get it wrong sometimes. Um, what it was is that one of the things I find is people who set out on a journey to become wealthy or rich are the ones who sometimes suffer. Or I'm not saying they don't, all, it's always the case, so that'd be a generalisation, but I often see them suffering. The people who I see or perceive to be really successful and do really well are the ones that set a vision, but also realise that they need to grow to become the person to achieve it. Exactly. And, and 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 that that is what success is, whatever that looks like. Um, and it, there's not necessarily any financial outcome with that. It's, you could also see it in like athletes and sports people. It's about, I need to be there and right now I'm here and somehow I need to get there. And like you say, it's not linear. It's like, it's like this, but I need to have the strength and the persistence to get there. But also it's about having the mindset to be able to grow and adapt. And I see too many closed-minded people who think they know it all are often the ones that are stumbling away and just can't can't cope I suppose is the pressure as, as you overcome the pressure just sort of cranks up that little bit doesn't it and I think that they're the people that can't overcome it because they haven't got the growth mindset to be able to go I'm not good enough yet I need I need to grow and I need to develop myself and learn more to be able to get to that level definitely and a nice way of thinking about that and I, I think about this I think that you know I think about this relatively often actually is you know what if you want to be worth say 10 million pounds what do you look like at that net worth and how and where are you now and, so, and a nice sort of way to sort of think about that is you know a lot of small business owners are not very good at reading financial accounts that you don't have to be an accountant you need to have a basic understanding of your p l your cash flow your management accounts cash forecasting you know, real basic principles yet so many there's a massive discord because they want that Family and net worth, yet they're not prepared to put in the effort of actually, you know, learning about financial self. And if you think about it logically, if you're worth 10 million, are you, you know, what are the chances that you're not going to understand that stuff? It's going to be so, 
so slim and, and it's just one example and it, it extends to people as well and, and leadership and teams that that family and self I mean, how are you with people how are you with the leaders within your business how do you sort of empower them and and that's where I think a lot of it a lot of the self-growth needs to be and I think also I mean I spend an enormous amount of time uh, thanks to uh, technology audiobooks like an enormous amount of time on on audible um basically when i'm not i'm not working um and listening to biographies of people it's just fascinating and i found that some of the biggest self-growth can actually come from from those examples that have you know given you a detailed walkthrough of their journey and you can resonate and you can learn those lessons um but yeah if you have that closed mind approach to this that's fine if that's what you want to do but you just have to recognize that it's probably going to be chances of you hitting your goals and realizing that vision is significantly reduced awesome no that's awesome and before we move on to think big then you've you've just confessed as a as a bit of a bookworm like me i, I enjoy my audible credits as well and listening to books what's your go-to gone straight in your head what's gone bosh this is a great book to read or listen to uh i love phil knight shoe dog um, love that yeah it's one of my i've recently listened to it for the third time actually and every time i listen well with a lot of books uh, i tend to listen to them more than once um and every time you get different different uh lessons but what i love about phil knight and shoe dog in particular is that the journey is just so real and i think with um a lot of the sort of the celebrity type business people and celebrity type entrepreneurs um they're all, you know, extremely extroverted. A lot of them are show people, self-promoters. But the reality is a lot of us just don't identify with that. We like their achievements, but that's just not us. And Phil Knight is, is highly introverted. Um, even now you hear stories on, on interviews about, about Phil Knight and he always wears sunglasses because, in a way, he's so sort of shy of looking people in the eye. You think about that level of, shyness and what he's done with nike i just think is well nike i just think it's it's fascinating and it actually reveals a, a, a little known fact that uh, i believe it's just over 95 percent of the highest achievers in the world are actually introverts yet you don't really hear about them and i i just find that find that fascinating but yeah that's a that's a strong go-to and any real sort of biography it doesn't have to be business but biography where something great has happened like real sort of greatness um always catches catches my attention yeah 100 percent. and i think it it though those biographies whether it's financial or whether it's athletic or whatever yeah. that may be or overcoming adversity there's always a story around self-growth and yeah. uh wanting to get to the next level um okay awesome i i, I totally agree shoe dog's a great one i've listened to it once um but i i like you i do go back and re-listen as well because sometimes i think you're not quite in the mindset or you're quite ready for some of the information so it maybe just passes you by and then and then when you re-listen you've maybe a little bit further on the journey and you just go oh wow that that's really resonated this time around that's really that really sort of fits with where i'm at now and uh i think i think that's uh a massive a massive part of growth and i think i think you're really right with the with the introvert and extrovert type characters i think um it's, it's a bit of a challenge for me because I do I do I do the podcast because I enjoy talking about business but I don't do it to self-promote either if you see what I mean and I think that um, that's kind of a key difference when I listen to podcasts it's about 
where's the passion and it's fun understanding where the passion is which for me is around business and understanding what takes to to be successful rather than going uh some of the podcasts frame slightly different where it is around i'm the expert and and, and come mm. and fi- come and find and listen to me so uh yeah awesome okay so your fifth area is around thinking big um and uh, obviously to be successful we need to think big right but i suppose people sometimes have this tendency to to sort of dull those dreams a little bit and is that what you're saying with thinking big is it about having an expansive uh idea of where you want to be i think that's cool pete i just think that um we really do have a finite amount of time here and if you haven't got one or if anyone listening or watching this hasn't got one then I really uh, recommend a website called 4,000 Weeks where you can actually buy a wall calendar. And I've got one right on my wall next to me um, that basically shows you, it sort of plots out your life in in dots uh, to the age of 85. And you colour in black where you are and you've got a visual representation of thinking, okay, great, you know, I've actually probably got around 40, 50 years left and depending on your age when you're, when you're sort of uh, looking at this and it sounds extremely morbid it really does and it's the first thing people say but oh, i'm so morbid but i just think it's the most ultimate form of realism in the fact that we really do have a finite amount of time how are we going to spend that time and if we're going to do something you know why not do it bigger because what you tend to find is actually the amount of effort it takes to do a small thing a little bit more and it literally is a little bit you can do a big thing and i'm always catching myself out with this so you know, we're looking at uh, different business opportunities to bring into the group. And we, we have one there at the moment where we have a superb managing director who could just take this and run with this. But we've actually come to the decision that it's not right, even though so many things are aligned, because it's just too small. And the amount of time and effort we need to put into that, we're like, well, if we put that same amount of time and effort into the right sized opportunity, you know, it's, we, it's the same effort going out, but we're going to be 10 times sort of further with that. And so that thinking big, it, you know, it resonates in different areas. It's not just having that big vision, but it's also recognising that there are things you maybe shouldn't be spending your time on because they're too small. And if you start thinking like that, then the big things all of a sudden start to take centre stage. I hope that makes yeah. that makes sense. It's, yeah, t- t- total sense. It's it's around prioritization, isn't it? And it's it, it links in nicely, to be fair, with having a vision, isn't it? Because if you want mm. to be there, then then that helps guide that decision making. And um, you're absolutely right. I think um, you know, in in my world, I think about it as like my my poorly performing customers. So I've got if I've got like a bottom 10% of, of clients who uh, are sapping my time, they're not paying me late, we're chasing them for bills and, and chasing them for payment. And, um, you know, they're, they're sort of sucking the energy out of the business. That That's wasting our time when actually we could be, you know, th- those customers that we think maybe we couldn't get, if we're aiming at that level and going, right, actually, you know, this is really what we want to be targeting those people are sort of taking that energy away and it's very much the same thing. If you're going to get to, to that level, um, I did a, I th- certainly last year was a really good turning point for me around the summertime because lockdown kind of happened. And then all of a sudden you, you start trying new stuff and you do new stuff. And 
that sort of takes up time. And I realized that to be successful, it's as much about what you do do as what you don't do as well. And it's sort yeah. of, and, and that's exactly the point that you're, you're making there is that actually you should spend just as much time, not just planning what you do do, but also what you don't do. And that might include delegating to your team, but it might also be uh, going, do you know what? That's a great opportunity, but it's not, it's not quite aligned with the opportunities that we want to be getting. Yeah, I think the key to focus is knowing what to say no to. And um, I'm sure many entrepreneurs can relate to this. And it's always catching me out. And so I have to pull myself back constantly. But, you know, I see opportunity everywhere. And you think, oh, you can do this and you can make this change and you can have this sort of impact. And you can get be quite easy to get carried away with that. And then you have to almost stop and say, actually, hold on. How does this relate to that vision and how does it relate to something else? And is this the right? And, you know, it's really hard to say no sometimes. We've had something this week, actually. And this is where a good sort of ops director comes into play, particularly if they're almost wired in the complete opposite way to you, because they will stop you in your tracks and say, think about this. Like, is this really building into that, you know, aligning to that vision? And, and if you're honest with yourself and you can be, you know, brutal and say, actually, it's not, carry on. But sometimes it, you know, it will be. So, yeah, definitely. I think uh, that that entrepreneurial um, blessing of seeing opportunities and, and yes, thinking well. this can be different <laughs> is, is also, yeah, the, the flip side is that curse, isn't it? Where you end yeah. up being a really busy because you just see opportunity everywhere. And um, it's almost, uh, like you say, I think I think you're absolutely right. You need someone who's wired completely the opposite because whilst there's conflict, that also keeps you on the straight and narrow, doesn't it? And it means that you it ensures that you you focus as well because um, focus is everything. Like you say, it's about you've only got the finite amount of time. It might be thirty years, twenty years. Some people might come to it even later, and it's even less time than that. And uh, to have the impact over over what is in reality a short period of time. You have to be really, really laser sharp, focused on on yeah. what you what it is you want to achieve. Definitely. Awesome, awesome. Um, on to the final one then, family. The half dozen thing. Obviously, family is massively important. Tell me a bit about your family, Adrian. Yeah, so I was blessed with the birth of my um, little girl eighteen months ago. Uh, I say eighteen months. She's eighteen months going on eighteen. Uh, she's got so much sass, that girl, and I'm. And she knows it. And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely wrapped around her, her little finger. But, um, if, you know, it is about family. And in fact, uh, sort of when Evie was born, that was a real uh, uh, turning point for me. I think in, in my career, um, it, you know, I had this vision from day one when doing night franchises. And when uh, Evie was born, or at least in the run up to, to Evie being born, I spent a great deal of time just out walking sort of by myself and just really reflecting on, you know, was my vision still the same? Was the plan still the same? What type of person did I want to be? What type of dad did I want to be? How did I want my little girl to think of me? Um, uh, and, you know, what am I sort of contributing to her to, to her life? And it made me realise that actually um, the plan hasn't changed. The vision was the same, but equally, like, the time was, you know, I needed to get going with it. And, and uh Four months after Evie was born, I acquired CMC and, you know, those plans are, are in place. But ultimately, it's what it's all about, isn't it? And I don't just mean your your immediate family. 
um, close friends, you know, they are family in a slightly different way. Um, we very much have a family within the business, within the group, like we really, really do feel like a, a family and everybody has their roles. And if it's not for family, then what's it for? You know, there's only so much money someone needs. There's only so many holidays, there's only so many cars. It's, it's about, yeah, it's about those closest to you. So yeah, that's for me personally, it's what drives everything. Um, what was most interesting was that when Evie was born, in when I first found out that we was expecting Evie, I've always worked hard, but it was such a, uh, the early days of my franchises were such a grind, they were really hard. And as soon as New Evie was coming, it changed everything. And my my business, I mean, we quadrupled turnover within 12 months, team expanded, and it's just been this upward path since. And it sort of showed me just how, how important of a driver that is. And so... Mm. So, um, yeah, but I'm sure, you know, everyone has a family, everyone can resonate yeah, with absolutely. that. I, I, I hugely resonate with that. I think uh, certainly for me, it's it's one of the reasons why I get up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning and go to bed at ridiculous o'clock at night when it needs to happen as well. Um, I think uh, I want them to have the opportunities that, or, you know, the, yeah, the... I wouldn't say that I never had because we've all got opportunities and we make our own opportunities. But I think it's, and again, we've already dispelled security as being a myth, but it's also, it's about what, what you can contribute to their lives, isn't it? And and how can, how can you make their life easier as well in the future uh, for them so that they are able to do whatever fills them up, you know, and that, and you want them to live their best life possible. And, and that is a balance financially as well as the time you commit as well, isn't it? So it's finding family's great as a balance isn't it because it can't all be one way it's got to be uh it's got to be a balance right that's just it and for me i, I wholeheartedly believe the greatest work a person will ever will, will ever do is actually within the four walls of their own home and you know i spent a lot of time sort of pre-evy coming just really thinking about you know what what do i want her to observe like because it is it's not what you say it's what you do and who you know for me, it was, I wanted Evie to see sort of her dad as, as not sort of you know, being in business or, or anything like that, but actually getting up every day and being extremely passionate about something and being so passionate that the the lines between work and, and play, they're just not there. Like they're, it's a lifestyle more than anything. And that was really important to me to instill the same in her in that, that ultimately it's about, I just want you to be happy and that happiness will largely come from being passionate. And so, um, in a way, don't worry so much about having grey, you know, top grades. Go and find something you love and spend your life doing it. And that's the, I think that's what it what it really sort of came down to. So, um, but you have to live that as a as a parent. You have to live yeah. that every day. Yeah. I love I love that. That's uh that's a really really great outlook isn't it is to find what you love doing and just do more of it and find a way of making that into your into your living um and uh, and, and what you can do moving forward and i think that's a a, slight, a very different outlook to to the way i was brought up but also uh certainly resonates with conversations i've had with with my friends around um you know it's about sometimes sometimes missing that football match because there's something in important that needs to happen sometimes that might be the right thing to do because it's instilling that there's things that we have to do 
often that maybe we don't want to do or decisions that we have to make for the greater good. Um, but it, it is, it's finding, it's finding that balance where uh, the children see or your children see exactly what it is that you're doing and, and are able to sort of emulate that as they move forward. You've got to live those values, haven't you? So yeah, amazing. Amazing. Adrian, you've been an absolute star. It's been fantastic having a chat with you. I've really enjoyed sharing those insights with you. Um, What, this is like your opportunity for a call to action. Like, you know, if there's someone who's corporate white collar, maybe looking to go out on their own, how do they get in touch with you? What sort of opportunities can you, can you help them with? Um, And yeah, let, let, let people know how they can find you, Adrian. Definitely. I mean, first of all, I'd say that franchising really isn't for everyone. Um, you like you really need to understand and be in the right place, and more importantly, they have the right sort of time in there. So, um, you know, what we do at Night Franchises is actually helping first and foremost to understand what it's all about, um, to help you sort of recognize is it right for you and your family, and is it going to give you what you really want. Um, so, you know, if you are in that situation, even if you're just curious. Um, that's what we do. We we help to, to guide there, uh, guide people there. So uh, the best source is to uh, start by visiting our website, which is uh, nightfranchises.com. Uh, equally, if you just want to have a chat, feel free to email me personally. Uh, my email is adrian at nightfranchises.com. And uh, yeah, you know, always you know, love having conversations with people, learning more about them, and and trying to add some value, sort of as and where we can. Fantastic. Adrian, I really appreciate you joining us on A Half Dozen Things. Um, Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it too. Do reach out, connect with Adrian on LinkedIn and and have a conversation. Like I said, franchising may not be for everyone, but um, at the same time, let's let's have a conversation. It's uh, it's great to hear from you. And if you've got value from this, please do share it. Um, Share it with your your, your friends and your family, and hopefully they can get some benefit from the insights that we share. Uh, It'd be fantastic to grow, uh, grow our listenership as well. So yeah, take care and see you all next week. Bye. hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name's pete rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business thank you see you again soon